This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no time for highlights here. Although, I guess... There were more highlights in this game than there were in the last game. Um, but in the end, it was the lowlights that got us, wasn't it? Oh, man. Definitely was. It, it, you know, if you could have written a script where what would be the worst thing for Baker Mayfield? Forget the Browns right now. Um, but that would have been that performance right there. Um. And the Browns, it didn't help. Now, it appears that Cleveland's only path to the playoffs is to fucking win the division. And they need a little help. A um, little help? I mean, that's... Yeah, a little. Like, I mean, listen, one game seems to me you could almost write it in the books, but they got to play these games. So, But the Chiefs should be able to take the Bengals. Okay? Right. Yeah, the, the big question mark and teams traveling from the West Coast going east, and in this case to ba- to Baltimore, Maryland, which is East Coast, East West Coast to East Coast. West Coast teams don't fare well in those games, but the Ravens have been depleted all year. There is uh, definitely some question about whether Lamar Jackson will be able to play, and uh, if he does. That might be the spark that fucks it up for Cleveland, and let's hope not. Right. In the meantime, we got some football to talk about here on TBF, a Browns fans podcast. So let's get into it. Well, it wasn't a Christmas present, was it? No, it was not. No, no, it wasn't. Um, well, thoughts, Jeffrey? Oh, by the way. Before we start talking, let me just apologize uh, for Hugh's absence from the podcast today. Um, we've put him on the COVID-19 reserve list. Um, <sighs> and we're not sure. We're not sure if that's what Hugh's got. He is down with a cough and uh, had a low-grade fever. He's, you know, he's doing what you should do, folks. He's quarantining. He's uh, drinking lots of fluids. Um, and he's, you know, he's monitoring himself. Uh, but it turns out, I guess, in Northeast Ohio right now, it's hard to get a test. Okay, so he's not sure. But all signs point to what he might, he might be dealing with the Omicron variant. Um, and so thoughts and prayers and all that stuff. And, Hugh, we know you'd be here talking if you could. But, you know, I guess, I guess if he talks for too long, what happens is, is he ends up coughing. <laughs> and uh, that's not good. Uh, not at all. So we got that out the way. And so Oh, you did he did give a statement. Let me let me let me read this. 
Dun, dun. Find my social media apps here. Where are they at? Oh, okay. And uh, Hugh said, uh, Tell all our fans that I love them and I wish I could be there. I thought I'd be suiting up for Baker until they put me on the COVID 19 list. Well, guys, if you got something that you want to be happy about, if the plans were to suit you up for Baker, um, you know, yeah, we're better off. Trust me. We're better off. <laughs> Look, if it gets that bad that they have to take a 60-year-old man and put him in a fucking football suit to, to, to sub for Baker, we've got it bad, right? But the truth is, we've got it bad, don't we, Jeff? Yes, we do. Well, what's your thoughts? Initial thoughts on the performance you saw? Um... We beat ourselves because we didn't just run the ball. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a guy have a better game running and his team not run him. Oh, you mean Nick Chubb? Yeah, the man. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Well, I mean, I'm thinking back to all the times I've seen guys having this historic level type running game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, for exact numbers sake, um, I can pull the game up here. So I can't remember Mm-mm. exactly how many yards he had. Um, oh, Chubb, he had 126. Yeah, 126 on 17 carries, 7.4 right. yards per carry. Okay. Yeah. Along the 27. Like that. That is a game where you would expect, <coughs> even if you don't normally give your back 30, 25. Yeah, if he's getting carries. off like that, if he's getting off like that, you keep feeding him the buck. You, you, the right. You feed Especially him the if you're already passing bad as well. The game, the whole game just set up to say, hey, just let him run the ball. Okay. Now, I'm saying that to also say he had 58 yards receiving. Okay, nineteen point three per carry. Okay, but he literally could have ended up with a historic game. The way as many yards as they were allowing us to get. Yeah, let me tell you because this has gone through at least three coaches, if not more, in Cleveland. Where, but just to talk about the time that Nick Chubb's been there. So through three head coaches, you you literally have people who. See the talent. They, they got to see the talent like everybody else does. So much so that people tout Cleveland as a running team. But this is a running team who I think has an identity crisis because they're a running team that doesn't want to be. Is that it? I, I mean, I don't know what to say because it wasn't just him. DeHernis had four rushes. Averaging yeah. 14.5 yards per yeah, carry. 58 like, yards on four carries. Now, now get this. If I'm if I'm getting my um summary right here, I have to pull this up to to um be exact with it, but I'm pretty sure I'm on about this as well. Mm-hmm. And that that final drive, Chubb came up with a big rush, and then he had a catch that went for a fairly long gain. And then he was out he, of the lineup. He for went the out rest. the lineup, right? Yeah. Dehernis comes in, has a big rush. And they never run again. And then we never run again after 
that. After that, it was like an eight-yard pickup for a first down by Dearness Johnson. And that was it. Then it was pass, 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 interception. I don't get it. Like, what I'm saying is like, we're, it's like we're beating ourselves. Well, I think we had some help from the officials on that last pick. Let's oh, just the, the be last honest. pick, but, but what Other I'm saying is... Other providers not flexible enough? Well, things... Yeah. Oops. Oops. Didn't mean to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm... Uh, um, NFL.com got me there. Um, yeah, they do that. Um, but where I'm getting at with it is that... Yes, we had the pick, and it should have been a pass interference. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... But, but not never should have had to throw that ball. But we, he should have never won. Even if he was throwing, okay, he should have been in a, what, five yards situation, something like that. If I'm correct, they blitzed us three times straight. Was it twice? Mm-hmm. Two times? Three times? I know they at least blitzed us. Uh, the play before that, I know they blitzed us. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whether the play before that, they just legitimately got a sack from um, the front four. But it probably was a blitz as well. Right. Which that in its in itself is like if you're running the ball there, you can you can kill that. You know what I mean? Yes, you can. They can't you know, they can't sack your quarterback when he's handing the ball off. Okay, I'm just saying. And, I'm just, and listen, in Baker Mayfield, twenty one to thirty six, two hundred and twenty two yards, two TDs, problem, four picks. 55.3. 55.3. I don't know what else. I mean. And, and and I don't necessarily blame Baker. Listen, Baker made the bad decisions and threw the balls on at least three of those picks. Let's not count the last one because, I mean, when a guy snatches your receiver out the way and then catches the ball, that's hardly the quarterback's fault. There should have been a call there. It wasn't even, you know, I, you heard the announcers trying to minimize. There was a little tug. No, there was nothing little about that tug. He snatched him back. Okay. Right. And, and that's, that's pass interference. That's well, and, and like, well, I was, I was watching one of the, uh, one of the programs. I can't remember if it was undisputed. I think it was, I think this was, uh, um, Skip Skip doesn't Skip normally make all yeah. the best points, right? But uh, he did make a good point here. Um, it was a pretty ridiculous no call if you look at it, because lots of people are like, oh, well, he tugged him, and then he still got the interception. That's the worst part of it. He thrust himself off of the receiver right. to get in front of him, tugged him backwards, putting himself in position, the best position for the ball. It was a blatant pass interference he literally thrust himself off of the movement of the receiver to get mm-hmm. in position for it yeah absolutely and skip skip pointed that out huh yes yeah, skip like i said skip's not notorious and necessarily in my view of always pointing out but he is a baker best, but he is a baker the, lover he okay. is a baker lover okay. and um but also also i'd like to point out though Shannon made made a uh, point that was closer to what I was thinking from the game is mm-hmm. he said he's looking at the numbers. He can't understand why we weren't running the ball. Right. 
I mean, oh, listen, I don't know. Did you watch the post game? No. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. yes. No, yes, I did. And that's yeah, all and that's they, all they were talking about is well, why weren't the Browns running the fucking ball? I think it was Strahan that basically said, yeah. I mean, this team allows four yards of carry. Yeah. You're killing them. I don't know why they haven't ran. They didn't run the ball more. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. I, I was even saying if this was one of those old games where we were looking at and it was Jamal Lewis, you right. know what I mean? Or Jerome Bettis. And, you know, back when we just weren't very good and it's like we didn't have much of a. And that's all you would have seen. That's, that's all, all you would have seen. The whole time. You'd have been begging for him to fade back to pass. They'd have, they'd okay? have done, been they, I remember the Baltimore, if I remember correctly, they. I remember there was one of those ridiculous games Jamal Lewis had where he wrenched for 250 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we got a whole drive. They didn't pass at all. It was an entire freaking drive of Jamal Lewis. But listen, it doesn't make any sense. And to add insult to injury, then you get your head coach coming out in the post-game press conference talking about how they were trying to remain on schedule. And they didn't start on schedule. They weren't on schedule throughout the whole game. Then how could you be so far off schedule if you're trying to remain on schedule? Right. Somebody somewhere is bullshitting somebody, and it ain't me. So, you know, and and to try to pin this all on Baker Mayfield as if there's no problems with play calling in Cleveland. Okay, because listen, if Troy Aikman can, from the sky booth, point out to you that Baker Mayfield can't square his shoulder when he's throwing left, and then his balls are sailing on him. and it was like the play after he pointed that out, they call another play to the left and Baker throws his second pick. I mean, you can't make it up because that did actually happen. Exactly. It's like, Oh my God. And, and so now if, if, if people observing the game can see this, what the fuck is wrong in Cleveland where they continued? And I mean, and they literally favored the left side in pass play calls. Right. What the fuck is going okay. on? By the way, I can tell you the exact, exactly what we did in the last drive here. So the last drive was mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, four yards, four okay. yards, Nick Chubb, 10 yards. There you go. Nick Chubb, four yards. Mm-hmm. Incomplete pass. Drive killer. Pass complete short left. Nick Chubb for seven. Uh-huh. Passing complete short right intended for Njoku. Passing complete short left intended for Dehernis Johnson. Pass short middle intended for Donovan People Jones. So we pass three times straight on a new drive. Right. Okay. After Nick Chubb Nick 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 had already Chubb gained like 28 Nick yards. Chubb is moving the ball. We're moving the ball. There's a 10-yard run in there. There's two four-yard runs. There's a seven-yard catch. There is absolutely zero reason we did not run the ball on first down on the new set of downs after the Nick Chubb pass completion. I don't care. DeHernis Johnson comes in. He's averaging 14 yards a carry. Oh, no, he's not averaging seven. He's averaging 14 a carry on his four carries. Why not run the damn ball? Right, but instead you try to pass him the ball and it's incomplete, and it's like you're you're fucking kidding me, right? And and my my biggest problem with it is is that you they took 
all dictating away from themselves by not running the ball at least one of the first two downs. But again, I think we're I think we're faced with the same thing we've been watching, and this is the Browns literally allowing the defense, the opposing defense, to call their plays. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't necessarily argue with that. The other point that I'd like to point out is that everybody is frustrated with how many touchdowns Baker throws. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll I'll point out he had one deep, real deep ball he threw this past game. Okay, Mm -hmm. he didn't throw a lot of good balls, but that was almost a perfectly thrown ball for what it was. Right. Okay, and Peoples Jones dropped it. And and all the arguments, a hard catch. Um, If we're sitting here talking about we're going to put Peoples Jones in the second slot. okay, and not somebody else, then he has to catch that ball. Well, that's absolutely right. There's nothing else you you can't. There's really no. He's not a slot. He wasn't in a slot. He wasn't the third slot receiver. He was on the other side of the ball across from Landry. If he's going to be in that spot, he's got to catch that ball. Okay, I we're wanna, literally I, looking for a new receiver next year. Like I, you can't. There's not a real I, hard. I I, I want to. I want to cover Baker here real quick and get this out the way, Jeff. Because you know we could spend all night talking about this shit, but let's just put this in a in a bucket so that people can see what it is. And Baker Mayfield literally is not a bad quarterback. In terms of passing yards in his first four years of play, right? right? Baker Mayfield has 10,350, I'm sorry, 13,940 yards, okay? Of other Browns, okay? Other Browns quarterbacks. Bernie Kosar in his career had 10,355 yards. Baker Mayfield's already already thrown for more yards than Bernie Kosar ever did. By the way, Otto Graham, 10,085 yards in his career, and that was a long career. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield surpassed him. Brian Sipes, only 4,376 with the Browns, but as far as the Browns goes, he is literally now passer rating. He's got the all-time best passer rating of any Browns quarterback that ever played the game, okay? But here's the part that should should really mess you up. Let's go back to those passing yards, and let's widen the scope. Not just Browns quarterbacks. Passing yards in their first four seasons. Baker Mayfield is number two on the list behind only one person, and that is Dan Marino. 16,177 yards, and Dan Marino didn't have a running back. Right. Okay, and the fact that Baker Mayfield has had Nick Chubb to hand off to the whole time he's been a Cleveland Brown, okay, is the disturbing part about that is how do you get a guy in his first four years on a team that as constructed is a predominant run team based on roster, okay? Right. How does he have more yards in his first four years, than Joe Montana, than John Elway, than Troy Aikman. Come on. Okay. Touchdown leaders. Touchdown leaders. Dan Marino 
and Tom Brady are the only people on the list ahead of Baker Mayfield, who has 90 touchdowns in his first four years. All right? Passing percentage. Baker Mayfield's number two on the list. Behind Joe Montana. Okay? And above Tom Brady. With a 62.1 percentage passing percentage. But I would be remiss in my duties as the host of this show if I didn't point out to you one stat that's not on this Baker lover's uh, little thing to, to shut people the fuck up when they're talking about Baker Mayfield. Who's thrown for the most interceptions since 2018, since Baker Mayfield came in the league? Baker Mayfield. Yes, sir. 54. Now, I would like to point out I, I do want to point this out about that stat, okay? Mm-hmm. That stat is not misleading, but it is misleading, okay? It's misleading in the fact that he's number one, but guys that are have been consistently worse than him at throwing interceptions don't start next year, okay? Well, this is true. <laughs> right. And, and it's now, all, But it's also phenomenal that he could lead interceptions since 2018 in a league where Jameis Winston threw 30 in a fucking season. Right. But that's, <laughs> okay. where I'm get, that's why I'm trying well, to get Wait, it. wait, no, but Jameis Winston's been starting since then. Yeah, but he's been injured and stuff, too. Okay. Okay, so that's where I'm getting at with this. I'm what just the saying. stat does tell the truth in, okay, is that if of all the active staying in, in starting mm-hmm. position healthy quarterbacks, though, He's the worst in that category. Right. Okay. That's now, what it's telling you. In in that regard, if Baker Mayfield were taking you on fourth quarter drives and winning games, you could take that. Right. Because that's Brett Favre all day long. Now, I also want to point out one more thing. If we're basing this Baker from last season, we're not even talking about that because his interceptions were way down. His... Rookie year, he was a 2.9 percentage in interceptions. Mm-hmm. Year after, he was a 3.9, which was a spike up. He threw 21. Right. Last year, he went all the way down to a 1.6. He is back up to his rookie, rookie standard of 2.9 right now. Okay? Because he has 11 on the year so far. Or actually, well, he, has more I'll than say that this. because we've had more I'll games. just say this. He needs to have no more this year. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with that. Well, what I will point out is that you can see from the stats, okay, Mm -hmm. that Baker is noticeably worse this year. Right. And, and, And you can attribute it to injury. But let me tell you something. I have seen teams play injured quarterbacks, right? Right. And understand what the limitations of that quarterback are now and then compensate by the way they call the game. Right. That, but it's in Cleveland, I guess that just don't fucking matter, right? Right. Well, I mean, and other thing that's interesting enough, from a traditional quarterback rating, this is not his worst season 2019 was where he had the spike up in interceptions. Right. Okay. Um, by the ESPN QBR rating, this is his worst season. He's sitting at a 37.8. Last season was a spike at 65.5. And the, the others ESPN were 54 QBR and 50. rating can kiss my ass. Okay, I, honest to goodness. 
Right. Most some of, people some don't of these really deal with that. Some of these listen. Much. If I'm gonna go with high end statistics, analytics style statistics, I'd rather look at PFF because they're just much more reputable to me. I honestly believe this, and you could dispute me if you like, whoever whoever you are. Um, but I think ESPN is fucking with those numbers to get it to say what the fuck they want to say on the morning show. I mean, statistics <laughs> well, are what they are. You can look at that statistic very much at this point because I don't hear them rattled off too much anymore. <laughs> right, because what, see, it, it, in other words, the ESPN QBR rating requires some qualitative determinations be made, okay, based on the defense you threw these passes or interception against, okay? Right. And it's a, it's a, it's some squirrely fucking math. You go ahead and look it up yourself and because I, I'm not even going to attempt to memorize what the formula for the bullshit is because it's crap, okay? And ESPN ought to put that some bitch to bed and apologize to everybody <laughs> for it, okay? <laughs> Because it's total crap. It might it might be useful in terms of deciding who you want your fantasy quarterback to be, but outside of that, it's useless bullshit. It's not predictive in any way, and 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 it's not helpful because, quite frankly, I think that's the other problem in Cleveland. I keep hearing guys say, "Oh, we're shutting out the outside noise. The outside noise don't matter." It doesn't. Because everything you guys are doing appears to me to be in response to this outside noise. Quit trying to prove that Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback and play the game of football. Right. And when you got the running game that Cleveland got and you're passing 36 times as opposed to, and let me count them, 17 and 4 is 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 36 to 25 pass over run. That's what the Browns did. But they're a running team. Come on, somebody, somebody, somebody smack me and wake me up because this must be a bad dream. This just doesn't make sense. Interesting things I wanted to bring up is I feel like Stefanski kind of threw Baker under the bus a little bit. Just because you put him in a situation with the not running on first down or second down. To make a play, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I do still want to let be known that I understand he would have made the play if the proper call was made. Mm-hmm. OK, I mean, let's not forget this. We are being very critical of Baker right now. Mm-hmm. But if Breaker makes that play, we kick a field goal and we win. We're talking about how he didn't play too good, but he played good enough to pull out the win. Well, he did, except that he didn't. Okay, right. and it was a bad call. But listen, I, I think one thing else we can take away from this season thus far is if there's a bad call in the game, it's probably going against us. Yeah, but I mean, but okay, back- but if you but if you've lived through now, you're the coaching staff in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Now put yourself in their shoes. You've lived through this season. Why are you calling that play on that down and distance when you know if something's going to go bad and there's a no call, it's going against your ass. Why aren't you doing what you do well? Why aren't you just trying to, all you need is a field goal to win. Right. Come on. Well, see, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. And then back to that point, he, for all intents and purposes, because we're still, 
assuming people Jones would have held on to the ball with his hands hitting them. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> okay. Listen, listen, um, I, let, go back to last year and one of the most amazing and sure handed one handed catches that was made by a Brown was in the end zone against the Bengals. And it was people's Jones. Right. Okay. People's Jones has had some problematic days in terms of holding on to the ball. On the other hand, he also is capable. I mean, he's a dual-edged sword right now, and I think it has to do with his youth. Right. Here's the other thing. Let's talk about youth. In terms of head coaches, we got a youth on the field in, in mm. his second year only as a head coach, in which, remember, before that, he'd only ever spent one year as an offensive coordinator. Right. Well, maybe one of the worst things that could have happened for Cleveland is that Kevin Stefanski gets named coach of the year. Because first of all, it's hard for me to imagine that if you really looked at it and analyzed the performance, given the roster, come on, Freddie Kitchens should have had the record Kevin Stefanski had because he had the same roster. Okay. So what you got to ask yourself, what changed? between last year and this year. And some people tell you, well, they had film on him. Nobody was prepared for the way Kevin Stefanski calls games. And now they are. So why doesn't Kevin Stefanski change the way he's calling games? Then? Come I, on. If, I mean, if, I don't know. I what sense, I do know. I sense a low adapt, adaptivity quotient here. Right. What I do know is this. He basically threw Baker under the bus, whether he knows it or not. Put him in a situation where he's he's injured and he's having his worst game of the season. Your running back is having one of his best games of the season, okay? Where if you were giving him carries like just about any other team would having that kind of game, he'd be having a historic day, okay? He'd be near, probably near approaching 200 yards rushing, hitting his, breaking whatever record he's set and close to whatever Brown's record he could. Okay. Yeah. Instead, we passed it three more times, neglecting him even further than we've already neglected him the game and not just running the ball. Okay. Because look, come on. on, Listen, in those last three plays, in those last three plays that we passed, right. Chubb wasn't even on the field. Right. Well, I mean, besides that, because, uh, I'm not pointing that out too much because the harness was doing just as good as his backup. Okay. You could have just ran the harness too. It's the same thing to me, but I will, I want to point out as well, all those times that we passed the interceptions and everything else. Okay. All those times we could have been running. We could have ran more. Even if, if they popped up and stuffed us one drive, what how we had four interceptions that game. That's four losses of possession besides punts. Right. Okay. And hell, Baker Mayfield was getting five and a half yards to carry. I know, right? Okay. There's no amount Baker of <laughs> there's no amount of stopping the run the other team could have done in that game, okay, that would have actually slowed us down from winning it by running. They just couldn't stop it enough. There's no way. All they had to do is run the ball in that game. Well, let me That's- tell you what you got coming on Monday. You got you got the product of three years of actual rebuilt rivalry coming right. to a head on a Monday night. You got the helmet uh, with Miles Garrett 
Okay. Mm-hmm. That was a win for us. And keep in mind now, all these, all these games now are Browns wins. Okay. Miles Garrett on the Thursday night, whacking, you know, Mason over the head. Right. Right. <clears throat> then last year, back to back, last game of the season and the wild card, we beat the Steelers. Right. The Steelers are are likely looking at the last game Ben Roethlisberger's ever going to play as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in a home game at Heinz Field, right? Right. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the unabashed best record of all time on Monday Night Football. And I'm going I'm to look it up real quick because I don't want to it depend on my old man's memory here. Uh, MNF record. MNF ah, record. Okay. Fingers not doing what I want them to. Or the keyboard's not. Okay. So the Pittsburgh Steelers own Monday football, Monday night football. They are 49. 25 and one total and the Pittsburgh Steelers have won 19 consecutive home games on Monday night football. Sounds um 19 times at home on Monday night football. The last 19 times they've played Monday night in Heinz field. They've won. Ben Roethlisberger specifically is nine and zero on Monday Night Football. It's a setup, baby. But I, I mean, if you if you if you say to yourself, "Well, if they want it bad enough, they'll go take it." Well, okay. Well, they're gonna have to. But um, all I'm gonna say is this offseason will be very interesting. I said it on the last podcast that I'm proud of our front office because they're not really, they are not looking past this season and saying anything about, oh, we're going to need this and this person's on the hot seat and just shut up, play the season out. Except the one piece that came out this week, which is supposedly, and this is an insider close to the situation, unnamed insider quoted as saying, the Browns are going to bring competition in for Baker Mayfield. Okay. I, you know, listen, Baker can shut that down with two good performances here in a playoff appearance. Yes, he can. And I'm going to, I will, I will second it by this as well. It is a, it'll be an interesting dynamic if they do do that, okay, because Baker won't necessarily be in the position after this season to say, hey, I got a problem with that. You know, he could, but it really won't look right. But what it will also do, okay, you bring in extra more competition. He beats the competition, okay? And then you don't want to pay him the money. Oh, the Browns are flirting with losing Baker Mayfield to another team. Because Baker's going to walk on his own. Right. It's Baker don't have to re-sign with the Browns. No, he does not. Now, do I think, I'll also make this uh, point as well. 
it's not necessarily in the best interest of Baker's money not to. Okay. But if Baker goes on a, well, I'm just going to prove you wrong spree. He can sign somewhere else for a little bit less. If he thinks the contract's that bad and just be like, well, screw you guys. It, I'm gonna stick it ain't it to like you. it ain't never happened some. before. No, in Cle- it it has, ain't like it ain't never happened before in Cleveland. No, Where, it's not. Yeah. We, we literally remember Kelly Holcomb. He had pretty much earned the starting job and the Browns made him an offer and he didn't like it. And he literally took less to go to the bills. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I will say this. If you take Baker Mayfield and you turn him off on Cleveland, the organization so bad that he wants out after what's happened this season, because the truth is there's a couple ways you could look at this. There's the camp of people that say, look, you should have sat Baker a long time ago and been playing case. The guy's injured. Let him heal. But in this day and age, or it's what have you done for me lately? Baker himself didn't want to not play because he's trying to earn his money. Right. And the, the team didn't want him not to play because they want to see what they got. Right. Yep. Because, because, you know, because, because last season, I, I, I don't know. If you're not used to having good things when you get good things, um, you question whether it's real, I guess. I guess so. You know what? The only point I'm going to make, the only reason why I think there's a possibility that playing Keenum instead of letting Baker go injured might have been a better idea is only because I think they would have ran the ball more up to this point. That's it. That's the only reason. Not right. because I think Case Keenum would have performed better. Oh, no. If you actually kept him from throwing first... the ball as much as you possibly could. Right. If you actually look at the numbers, Case. Case Keenum over his career hasn't played games better than Baker has this season. Okay. Even when they went to the NFC championship game with him after week three that year, Dalvin cook, man. Okay. Come on. They were handing the ball off religiously. Right. I mean, and that's not disrespect to, uh, Case Keenum either. Case okay. is a, he is a, listen, he's a industry standard second string quarterback. This is a journeyman guy that you can depend on to come in and sub for your starter. That's what he is. And he's a good one, but it doesn't make him a starter. I mean, I'm like I'm looking right now over his career. He's I mean, he's pretty spot on being what I just said. His quarter quarterback rating has peaked up to ninety ninety-eight point three Minnesota in twenty seventeen. Yeah, that's the year they went record. to the championship game. Right. Right. <clears throat> peaked up peaked up that year, but before that, I mean, his highest was 87. But I, yeah, if you want to dig deeper into that, Stan, how many yards did he throw for that year? He threw for 3,547 right, yards. Right, which is a very conservative total when you come to quarterbacks in the NFL in a 17-week season. I mean, a 17-week right. season, yeah. By the way, I would like to point out that that's how I feel about our offense this year, too. Our offense has been 
so conservative this year, it's ridiculous. Okay? It's it's ridiculous. And just la- just by last game, us not running, you can tell there's no go for the jugular in the Browns' offense. Okay? Because if there was, we'd have been running the ball every chance we got to last game. You know what I mean? There, there just isn't any of it. If even if we're running the ball good in the game and we want to pass, we don't play action to try to get something deep. See if we can get the defense to bite on something and the guys right. just open the jet. Because in a season, look at listen to this: in a season where we're literally out passing our run game by at least ten plays or more a game, right? Right. Baker's only passed for twenty eight hundred and twenty five yards. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't get it. As much as we pass the ball and for as little production that we get out of it, it's just, it can't be, you're talking about analytics, it cannot be optimal. It can't be optimal. I can't, I can't, I can't believe that analytics is telling the team to do the things I've seen the Browns doing. I literally think that the Browns don't want to be a running team and they're trying to force themselves and the world to understand them as a passing team. And well, I'm sorry, it's not what they are. I'll make a I'll make this point even further. Even if analytics is telling them to do it, right? They I bet you stop you listening ran, to analytics. No, no, not that. If you ran separate analytics just on the Browns, it would probably tell them to do opposite. Well, this is probably true. But all I'm saying, they need to stop listening to analytics and his her sister Sarah Lytics and all of them Lytics chicks okay <laughs> but anna most importantly <laughs> here Man, come the analytics sisters get away that's what we need next we need just browns analytics and just do analytics off of the browns and it'll yeah. every every game will be like run the ball more oh hell yeah come on man this dude you're at the same time that you are in the process of destroying a quarterback okay by just overcalling the pass plays and, and literally to the side of the field he's worst at now because of his torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder. Okay. You are also destroying your relationship with your running back, which you just signed again. Remember, they just extended Chubb. This is what's crazy to me about the Chubb thing. Look, Chubb in combination with the fact that COVID took so many games from him, right? Mm-hmm. And then to boot off of that in the games that he's had, that it's been like, he's, he's getting, he could have a monster total. If he's just given the carries, we don't to our own detriment, not even like we don't because it just didn't make sense to No, We just don't like just to don't. But isn't it just like Cleveland to sign a guy to an extension that keeps him now here till 2024. And then, Stop using him. Uh, I mean, a three-year, $36 million contract extension, 20 million of it fully guaranteed. Here, here's another point. You know what this season is going to be very good for? Some other team finding a good running back if we decide not to sign him. And, oh, no, and we some already other have. team decides, no, no, no that's not what I'm talking about. Not what, that's, I'm not getting that Chubb. Not okay. Chubb I'm talking about. Okay. And for another team to find a good running back, Ernest, 
is looking very good as this third string running back on our team. Okay. He is a restricted free agent coming into the off season. Okay. Mm -hmm. And some other team that's I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious because I'm like, if we end up not making the playoffs this season was, that's a good point. We just, we were a little farm team. So some team could find a very good running back into Ernest Johnson who can go start somewhere next year because he's been discovered mm-hmm. on, you know, well, that's the, always the been, that's always been the Browns function up until we, we, you know, listen, is this what it's going to be? We'll get a playoff berth every 20 years and then we suck. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm being facetious because I'm, I'm pointing out something that's very, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I am <laughs> but, literally so frustrated that, in 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 days gone by, I'd be calling for a coach's head. Okay. This is this is so clearly a problem with play calling that any criticism you have of any athlete on this team on the offense is a moot point because if they're not calling the right plays, I don't give a fuck what the players are doing. Yeah. And what's interesting to point out about it all is the beginning of the season, you really wouldn't have felt this way. The play calling didn't look bad. Yes, we were passing more on first down than we'd like to, but it wasn't this bad. Well, I'd like you know to point I mean? out. I'd like to point out that that's the very reason we lost the game to the Chiefs. Yeah, no. I mean, game week one, week one, if we'd have put our heads down and run like we should have. I mean, I you know what's what's their defensive back name guy with the yellow gloves? I you know who I'm talking about. He yeah. can't wreak havoc on you in your passing game if you're running the ball. Running the ball. Okay, he just can't do it. The Browns need to understand that passing might be exciting. But it doesn't always win you games. And and I'd just also like to point out that the Browns have themselves to thank for this. If they're now looking at Baker Mayfield and looking at him as something like, geez, I wish we had a better one. Well, dude, you had the number one all overall pick in 2018. You didn't have to take Baker Mayfield. There were other quarterbacks. Like Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar, I, mean, I know, just right? Saying. So, so that's what really pisses me off about Cleveland fans, the sports media, and everything. Look, if the Browns had wanted Lamar Jackson, they'd have drafted him. Nobody don't, did don't want time. him now. Okay. Don't 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 bemoan the fact that Baker Mayfield's not a running athletic quarterback when you knew that when you picked him. The problem with Baker is simple. If you're going to be a pocket passer, you got to be damn good at it. Okay? If you don't bring mobility and the ability to run to the game now under center, then you better be damn good under center. Yeah. I'm assuming it was uh, Chris Jones you were talking about earlier. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Starts with a D. Starts with a D. Defensive back in Kansas City. Hold on, I'll find it. 
Derek Nandy. Yeah, he might be a safety. But he wears the yellow gloves. I don't know why his name's not coming to me, but I'll I'll know it when I see it. Hold on, I'm going to their roster now. And the Chiefs roster. I totally threw you off track there. Oh, that's okay. That's okay, because I, I do want to know this guy's name. Tyreek Hill. No, oh, he's a wide Hill. receiver. Yes. No, okay. he's a wide receiver. Wide receiver. See, I'm looking on defense. No, Tyron Matthew. That's the one. Gotcha. He's safety. Tyron Matthew. Yeah, you know, he wears the yellow. Okay, yep. Yeah. Yes. Tyron Matthew. And all I'm saying is Tyron Matthew can't create havoc in your passing game if you're handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. Right. I'm just saying. He's not going to do it. You're not going to get any picks off a guy handing the ball off. Okay? Right. Now, I'm not saying never pass the ball, Browns, but what I'm saying is, is that with a team with as effective a running game as the Browns have to you literally can probably count on one hand the times in the game against Green Bay that the Browns used play action. And at least two of those times, it was pointless because if you're not in the right down in distance and they know you're not going to run, what the fuck good is play action doing? Right. And by the way, they demonstrated that very well because they just blitzed Baker and sacked his ass. And that's what was more ridiculous to me. They blitzed him the first down. The second down, we decided, well, we'll do it again. They blitzed him again. I, I really, I really hope to see a Monday night meltdown for Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, but more importantly, I want to see the Browns on schedule, really on actual schedule, not talking about it. Now I want to see them running the ball like they're supposed to, because if the Browns put their head down and run like they're supposed to, Ben can have whatever the fuck game he wants to, and it won't matter. That's what I'm saying. I, I so feel like if the Browns come out two games, the two games left, and they play football with very minimal to no mistakes, okay? Like they want to win a championship. Because let's be for real, okay? Even some of the mistakes the team makes, right, don't look like a championship team. What Super Bowl team do you remember ever doing some of the stuff that the Browns have done this year? None. None. No, they look. They just don't look like it. This is, listen. First of all, I'd like to point out that the Browns beating the Steelers twice at the end of the season and going to the playoffs, getting to the divisional round, they were playing over their head, guys. And not maybe not talent on the roster-wise, but the fact that you've got a young quarterback, a rookie head coach, and all the other things, that was better than expected, okay? And statistically, if we're talking analytics, we can look at teams and based on the amount of games that they win that are seven points or less, right? Then there was an expected regression this season. Statistically, you're going to see it because it's very seldom that a team that wins, you know, and the Browns were seven and one. They had eight games last year that were won by seven points or less. And they were seven and one. 
it is very seldom that a team that has that kind of fortune one year carries over into the next year. And what you see now is the Browns now in games that are seven points or less. They're like three and five. Right. And the difference is simple. It's plain and simple execution. Analytics will tell you to call a play. But what analytics assumes is that you're going to actually execute that play the way it's supposed to be. And that's why it's the right play to call. Saying you've had execution breakdowns at every position on this field. Right. Not to mention injuries across the offensive line. And uh, here, good thing, Jadavion Clowney, Jedrick Wills have both been activated. They'll both be playing. Oh, that's great. Oh, absolutely. I want I want to see Ben on the ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hadn't really even got to the defense much because, like, to me, could the defense have played better? Yeah, but the defense didn't play bad, especially considering you have basically an injury to your best defensive player. And they, Ooh, I might add, gutted it out and played pretty well. Right. Gutted it out, played pretty well. Does he play better? Yes, but he was injured. Couldn't play better than that. I mean, for the fact that you, you know, like you just said, he gutted it out. He got back there a decent amount, you know. I mean, he got back there to be able to step on his foot by accident. Yeah, <laughs> but I just wanted him to do it on purpose a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, oopsie it's it like like i said before even considering the fact the point i just made before you don't really see championship teams make the kind of mistakes this browns team has made this year okay this browns team has been part of some awfully some of the worst officiated games this year okay there's been some other ones around the league but they've been a part of some really bad ones okay they just lost a game on a call okay but that's no excuse for their mistakes and and if you even consider the fact that they're in the position that they are in right now considering they make the amount of mistakes they do during a game it shows more to the fact of how talented they are Okay. Right. If they could ever get their shit together and do what they're supposed to be doing, nobody could stop them. That's where I'm getting at. The the team is so talented right now, okay, that they are allowed to make these. You just threw four interceptions in a game, and we're talking about one play short of basically being in position to win it. And listen, listen, not only did you throw four picks, but three of those picks resulted in touchdowns. That's 21 points. And if I'm not mistaken, the final was 24-22. So there was only three points they actually earned on their fucking own. Right. How many picks did um, Aaron Rodgers throw? None. Exactly. That should tell you something. That right there should give you a scope of talent. Aaron Rodgers throws three touchdowns, zero picks. We throw four interceptions. And we're sitting here talking today how we... Were a play short, one would not be one interception would have been gone had we. But but I do want to add. I do want to add this. I do want to add that. And and listen, high praises to the defense, high praises to Miles Garrett. But listen, 
It is incumbent upon a defense as talented as ours. Your job on a turnover deep in your own territory is not to stop that other team from scoring, but it is to stop them from scoring a touchdown. You're supposed to hold them to a field goal. That's the defensive victory there. And we did not achieve that in any case. Okay. No, we didn't. That could have happened, and that would have changed the scope of the game. Right, because, listen, you trade any one of those touchdowns they scored for a field goal and give us the same amount of points, we win the game. But I will also like to point out, interception and everything considered, okay, like I was was making the point, I was just getting finished making the point, team is so talented that we're sitting here even discussing this today with a game we threw four interceptions in, okay? That's point one. Point two is... We had a drive, okay, that I'm pretty sure we punted in, okay, Uh where we had a receiver drop a ball that would have put us in the red zone. There you go. Okay, that on any, just about any other team, okay, if you got a guy, he's your second slot receiver and he has a pass like that, you're expecting him to catch it. So the fact that anybody for the Browns wouldn't be looking at that play and going, yeah, that's not Baker's fault. That's perfectly thrown well i do think in 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 a sense that the browns are aware of that okay but the truth is is that at least two of the picks that baker threw were just it was just baker sailing the fucking ball no no baker did not play well i'm not trying to make an excuse for baker not playing well but what i am saying is this teams that win championships things like that pass get caught mm-hmm. okay Things like just some of the silly stuff we've seen out there. We had one game where we had three different, on three different drives, we had ineligible man. Uh-huh. I mean, 12 men on the field. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, we've been doing, our team has been doing silly stuff this year. Okay. Just like their head I, isn't in the game. So. I, I have to tell you this, and this is totally off subject. But remember, we were talking, I was trying to figure out who Tyron Matthew is, right? So logically, I look him up and it pulls up his little fucking bio page, right? Just let me read you this because this is weird. And obviously, it's not accurate because it can't be. Okay. But anyway, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's education. He was Louisiana State University, St. Augustine. He's got his children. His Mila Jill Marie Matthew and Tyron Matthew Jr. His parents are Darren Hayes, Tyrone Matthew, Tyra Matthew, and Sheila Matthew. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? You can't have four parents. Can you? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Tyrone Matthew and Tyra Matthew are his parents. And by the way, you now can figure out exactly why his name is Tyron, which is spelled T-Y-R-A-N-N, because Tyrone, T-Y-R-O-N-E, and Tyra, T-Y-R-A, married and had a baby. Right. Or or not, and Darren Hayes and Sheila Matthew had the baby. I don't know. I'm so confused. <laughs> anyway, go back to what you were saying about the Browns. I had, I had to point that out because it was like, what the fuck? Okay. Anyway. Um, I don't know where I was with it. I think okay. I've kind of beat it. In yeah, the, like I did make a the dead point. horse, isn't I, it? 
I did make the point to say, I understand the defense did not play perfect. And I hear what you're saying. The defense has to, that's where you need to make stops. And that's, yeah, they got to make stops. You got to hold them to a field goal, man. Right. And that's a miscue for the game. But I would like to also point out, there's been games where the defense has been on point. We've lost. And because the offense isn't doing what they're supposed to. Right. This is absolutely right. There's no reason that we shouldn't have won this game. Our offense should have won this game. You know, you know, listen. If you'd have had a game like this in Stefanski's first season, you could really feel good about it because you just played the best team in the NFC. Right. I mean, there were 12 and three coming into the game. Okay. But I and, keep saying this should show us even more about how miss, how our misuse of our own talent is right now. Best team in the NFC. And we basically, we threw four picks and we almost won the game. It, it's just unspeakable right now to even be looking at these stats and being like, we almost won this game. It's also it, unspeakable to be trying to blame it all on your quarterback or blame it all on any one thing. If there's any one thing to blame it on, you blame it on the coach. Right. But I don't want to blame the coach. What I want them to do is pull their heads out their ass and get better. Really, that's what I want. And Andrew Barry, can you, if you, I hope you listen. But if you're listening, can you pull Kevin to the side and say, hey, buddy, what the fuck? Because something's got to change if we're going to get to the playoffs. And again, I just want to add and point out again, we only have one path to the playoffs because you, with a seven and eight record now, if you start looking at the field of the in the hunt teams, mm-hmm. there is very few mathematic scenarios that get you to the playoffs as a wild card if you're the Browns. But there is a very likely scenario that gets you to the playoffs if you win the division. And it's the only likely scenario. And maybe the unlikeliest part of the scenario is not the help we need but us winning the two games we must win. And that's sad because it's more likely that you're going to get the help you need than it is that you're going to actually do what you need to do. Because it's highly likely that the Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals. It's highly likely that the Rams are going to beat the Ravens. But will the Browns on Monday night after getting the help they need have the incentive to go and beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday night? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this team. They sure got the talent to do it. That's for they sure. They do. That's, and that's what I think that is what's disappointing. Even when you hear the commentary during the games and everything, that's why people are like they are about the Browns. And even most of the people that are really on hating Baker, it's why people are defending Baker sometimes. Okay. It's because the total scope of this team and the talent and the way they're performing as a totality. It's not just Baker. Okay, we'd still be scratching our heads to some of the losses, even if Baker was playing amazing. Just you know what I mean? True. Yes. I'm just saying. With the way the play call. Now, I, I can tell you this much. If we were calling 
a little bit more running? Would we win, have won every game this year that we haven't run as much in? No. Do I think we would we'd have more wins? Yes, I, I legitimately do. Would it have would it make Baker look better as well? Yep. You'd yeah. have less complaining about Baker if we were running more. Yeah, because everything's it, better it when you're winning, baby. Everything's better when you're winning. Everything's better when you're winning. Man, the, 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 the soda is sweeter. The hot dogs are, are more flavorful. Everything's better when you're winning, man. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if they're not liking what they're hearing, they know how to change it. But I tell you one thing I don't want to hear this week is is how we're going to do our best to stay on schedule because that to me is code word for we're going to pass on first down. And why the fuck somebody thinks that's on schedule, I don't know. I don't want to hear those words out of a Browns coat. I, I will say this. I'm going to make one more point. And I'm pretty much done on the offense. I'm tired of talking about them because me, it's it all dissolves down to I can't believe they didn't run the ball more in this past game. <laughs> I just can't believe it. It's I was actually it's the most I've been pissed off about the Browns in a long in a while, time, man. In a long a time. Long time. To just if you look at the metrics of the game and you look at the averages and stuff, and you sit here and you're like. Chubb would have literally should have been having a historic game in this game. Okay. That's how much they weren't stopping the run. And I just can't believe they didn't run the ball more. I just, it's baffling. But to my point, off season comes, we we're, we're still going to have Baker next season. I'm pretty 99% sure of that, but providing there is something that happens and there is shut to that. If we decide to keep Baker as our starting quarterback, right, they better be drafting receiver. Our our hands have been awful this year. I, I haven't looked up the drop pass stats, but I guarantee you we're near the top. Um listen. I tell you this. I I don't have ammunition to argue with anybody about Baker Mayfield. Because again, you can point out all the superlatives you want to, but then you can turn around and say, yeah, but who's thrown the most picks since he's been in the league? Okay? And and listen, these stats don't lie. And, and, and if you're throwing 54 picks in four years, that don't matter if you're winning. But you know what? Baker Mayfield's overall winning percentage record is below 500 now. Wow. Okay. Because he was at 500 the week, four weeks ago when we lost. Okay. <laughs> this is, he was 27 and 27 or something like that going into the Raiders game. So he's two games below 500 now. So what I would suggest for everybody that really does like Baker Mayfield and wants to see him stay. Just stop trying to defend him and let it happen, okay? Um, I don't know if Baker's going to remain the Browns quarterback throughout his career. I would like to see that. I think that kid's got some He's got some playoff runs in him, okay? 
And I really don't want to see him leave Cleveland and go give it to another team. No. Because, you know, if it's like other things have happened in Cleveland, remember, you know, come on, the cast of characters. Remember the year we brought Jake DeLome in? Yes. Everybody was like, yeah, man. Okay, cool. Well, Jake I DeLome. I wasn't. I'm also well, no, a Panthers fan. You That's were a why. Panthers fan and you knew. <laughs> yeah, I already knew. We were screwed. Why, we what are, are you screwed. guys doing? What are you fucking doing? Right. Yeah, but I mean, they they bring they bring names in, man. They'll bring you some names, man. They'll bring you somebody who you know his name, Robert Griffin the Third. Hey, remember Deshaun Kaiser? Oh man! Oh my God! That's the last rookie we tried out. Remember him? Huh? Oh God! Oh. Do you really want to go back to that Cleveland fans? Do you really? You want to waste this defense you got? You want to waste this running back you got by going on the quarterback carousel again? The Browns need to have a little faith and a little loyalty and a little less head up the ass. Anyway, I I ain't got anything else to say about anything, Jeff, honestly. I mean, if you want to make any points, I'm... I'm so disgusted that right now I it's it's hard not to cuss when I talk about that. I was actually trying to see if I could find a uh, a good leaderboard for uh, drop passes this season. Oh, that's interesting. Let's see. It's interesting enough. It's one of the harder stats to find. NFL leaders passes dropped. You ready? Go for it. Jamar Chase, number one. Ten. There is not a Cleveland Brown on the list in the top 20. Interesting. So we've distributed our drops well. Yeah, but but Jamar Chase, Joey Burrow's go-to guy, right? Has the most drops, 10. Because I see this one leaderboard is on... Um, um, NBC Sports. Right. And That's the one I'm the, looking at. The, well, it says the Browns have 15 drop passes this year. Right. But no one individual has even four. Okay. Because this goes all the way down. There are like, okay, there are like 15 guys tied for 20th with four drops. Okay. Okay. All right. I get you. But my point I'm trying to make the Browns really only have 15 drop passes this year. Yeah, but they've been at such fucking key moments. So they really, well, then that's even more daunting. So they're really not even close to the top. They're in the top. They're in the bottom 10 in drop passes. Yeah. They're just at times that are so ridiculous. Yes, exactly. 
So I'm I'm sitting here har- harping on our receiving core for drop passes, and they're actually among the best in drop passes. Well, you know what? Thinking of about that, so I'm looking at this stat now. If, th- if this stat is true, right? Mm-hmm. It's one telling me when the drop passes are happening, they're very daunting to us because they're at critical moments. Okay, that's not good. And two, what it's telling me. If they're that glaring, like on the the big play that we threw to People's Jones, he drops that, and he's right. really not dropping a lot of passes. Right, this is really not happening a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It just shows that how much we don't take chances. Well, yeah, but check this out. What would happen if you gave Nick Chubb the ball the amount of times that he's supposed to get it? Would he be number three in the rushing competition? No. He'd be one and nobody could catch him. It's probably true. But on 207 carries, which, by the way, is 90 carries less than the leader, Taylor out of Indiana, okay? And a full 80, I'm saying a full 73 carries less than the guy in second place, Mixon from the Bengals. At only 207 carries, Nick Chubb has 1,143 uh, yards. I'm just saying, I, after seeing that stat, okay, <coughs> the drop stat, I feel even more now like we just don't take enough. Our, our offense is just way too conservative. It's just way too conservative. Look, even look at our our receiving leaders Landry's not going to break a thousand this year people Jones Landry has 452 receiving yards this year people Jones has 483 those are our top receivers now we have a very wide spread because you know Landry's 452 Hooper has 317 we don't have a top 436 we don't have a top 20 receiver Right. People Jones has 483. Higgins has 267. So it's spread out a lot. Okay. But it's just showing you, though, we're doing all of this passing for what in production, though? For nothing. 2,800 and something yards. That's what. It's ridiculous. And uh, Kevin Stefanski. Get your ass on the computer and you look these statistics up and you tell me what analytics tells you, buddy. I can tell you what analytics tells me. I've analyzed this shit. And you know what it told me? Told me you need need to pull your head out of your ass. Right. So that's that's all I got to say to Kevin Stefanski right now. Like him a lot. I really do. Like what he did last year. I... Ain't been so happy with it this year, but I'm a loyal guy. I understand he's learning, and I'm willing to sit through it with him. And, and again, I want to I want to emphasize this. I don't think that missing the playoffs this year is a reason to blow the Browns up. No, it's not. So, but it is a reason to. I do not want the Browns to become the San Diego Chargers. Oh yeah. Okay, the San Diego Chargers of, you know, the 2000s were the most talented team in the league. Many people stated that you get Merriman, you got 
Tomlinson, you got Antonio Gates, you have Rivers. Yeah. I mean, just they were loaded. Okay. They were absolutely loaded. They had stars all over the freaking field. Okay. Yeah. Between injuries and just not playing up to what they should. Okay. They didn't win anything with it, though. The, right. They were flat out for at least four straight years, like flat out on paper, the most talented team. You couldn't go up and down another roster. Most teams didn't have two stars like that. You know what I mean? They literally had like the best running back, arguably right. top five quarterback, like one of the best defensive players in the league. And how about okay? that tight and end? the best tight end in the league? Okay, yeah. you can't. I, what team can you even think? Even most of your teams that you your best pick the best Patriots team, right? They didn't have that much of star power. Okay, no, maybe nearly. I mean, you got Tom Brady and Gronk. That counts for a lot because he's the top tight end, and you got the top quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. But really, other than that, what was the top? The Randy Moss year? Yeah, that was anomaly because you had the best receiver as well, right? Um, but you're still looking at a plus for that Charger squad, right? They're yeah, top but, five. But wait a minute. Back, Let's just talk about that back. for a second. Let's talk I mean, about that for a second. Stop. Yeah, they had all that talent, but what did they get them? Nothing. There you go. Well, but this is my point. You, you build this roster as a general manager and you still have to have a coach go out and use that right. to win. So from the standpoint of building the talent, I've got no objection with what the Browns have done. I am starting to really have some objection with the way they're using this talent. Right. And, and, and again, if you, if you do miss the playoffs this year, imagine this, envision this, you miss the playoffs this year and then you go into next year and you have a recalcitrant Kevin Stefanski that says, nah, I know what I'm doing, and he keeps doing the same shit. Well, you're going to have a fired Kevin Stefanski. That's what you're going to have. Right. And you know what? The head coach is just as important as the quarterback. Yes, it is. You can't win without a, you can't win without a quarterback, a good quarterback, but you can't win without a good head coach. So. Let's let's all get together and kumbaya with each other and hold each other's hands, light a candle, and say a prayer for Kevin Stefanski that he can finally learn how to fucking coach this team. Come on. Let's get it together. Tired of this shit. It's time. It's time. No, anything else for the good of the order? What do you what do you envision? Monday night's gonna be a fucking oh, it's gonna be and, you know, if you wanted the rivalry back between the Steelers and the Browns, it's here, baby. Steelers are chomping. They are chomping at the bit. They are looking forward to this game. Mike Tomlin's words. Ben Roethlisberger is singularly focused on Monday's game. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, I will say... I think the Browns dictate it more than the Steelers do, um, which is scary enough being consistent with most of the game. I think they dictated more than the Packers did in this last game. 
that's what's more scary about the fact that we're losing is that it seems almost as as if we control the momentum, but we don't because we aren't seizing it. You know what right. I mean? Right. But the it fact goes that goes right by you. Right. The fact that we're in these games with as many turnovers as we have sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you that we're, we're, we're dictating too much in the game not to have won it. You know, it's just, there's not much more to say about it. You're yeah. dictating way too much in the game not to have won the game. So, so, so the bottom line consensus is pull your head out your ass, Cleveland, run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Yeah. Please run the ball. <laughs> Please. It's like, damn. Well, dude, let's get out of here. It's been an hour and 20 minutes we've been talking about these guys. Uh, oh, do you want it here? Hold on. I guess I should just for the purposes of normalcy, right? The numbers that matter. Let's look at them. Wow. Talk about dead even. Not even close. 28 total first downs by the Browns as opposed to 19 from the Packers. Ooh, wow. Yeah. The Browns were 7 for 12 on third down, 58.3% while they held the Packers to only 3 for 10, 30%. Okay? So that's two, two milestones. They won. They won the day on it, right? And, and look, 31 min- minutes and 41 seconds compared to 28. 19 time of possession but you know what sometimes not meeting one of those statistics is enough and four picks did it yeah four picks did it because we Uh, were uh goal to goal efficiency we were three for three they were two for two we were red zone efficiency we were three for five only 60 percent they were three for four 75 percent so we lost that one too um, but the big one was the turnovers and it, and it resulted in only a two point loss two weeks yeah. in a row, two weeks in a row. We lost by two points. Yeah. Both games are games. You're going to feel you could have won. Now I would say last week with Mullins Mullins was more in a situation where we were trying to play for him not to lose the game which is a little different. I do still feel like I, I will say this. I do still feel like, and I'm going to feel like it more so now that I've looked up this drop pass thing. Right. So uh-huh. I'm sitting here, my head spinning about, it. I'm like, dang, these guys aren't even dropping as many passes as I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which just leads me more to our, our offense well, is just way too conservative, but, but, but here's way too the conservative. Thing. I hear you saying that, that you think they were calling a game to, you know, help Mullen succeed. But if that had been the case, Jeff, wouldn't they have run more than 17 times? Because, I mean, uh, their, their, I, total, I their total rushing was, was very similar to exactly what you saw against the Packers. Nick Chubb didn't get the ball but 16, 17 times that game. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, they, no, they weren't. They weren't trying to keep Nick Mullen successful because the way you keep a quarterback that's subbing like that out the third string successful is you you make him pass only when it's necessary. And you run that fucking ball. And they're not doing that. And that, you know, listen, everybody's got this idea of who they are, right? Right. 
And then there's the objective observation, what other people see, what you really are. Okay. Right. You know, the image you want to project and the image that you do project sometimes aren't the same. And until you can get an objective look at yourself, you can't, if you, if you just insist that, no, this is what I am, no matter what you see, right? Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Not the people well, that see the other thing. Okay. Another point to make if we're considering stuff from last game to this game relating what our season's been like. Mm-hmm. Mullins had a quarterback rating of 89.2. When Case Keenum started, he had a quarterback rating of like 90.3 or something like that. It was something like that. Um, Baker's average this year is about what, 89 point something? Okay, he's spiked a little bit higher than that, a little bit lower in most of the games. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's our offense. That's what you get out of it because that's what it's allowing a quarterback to do. 89-something-something rating. Well, that's yeah, what you're yeah, getting out of it. Don't, don't let Baker have another bad game or people going to want Mullins to be the starter. Our offense just isn't allowing for more than that. That's Your touchdown totals aren't allowing. It's not chances for it. Because it's not, there's no explosion in our offense. Okay, it, it's it's too conservative. Hey, well, here's for nothing here's happening. For, here's for a good game on Monday, Browns. I mean, really, we need it. We need it bad. And I'm gonna I'm gonna march us on out of here, Jeff. Oh, you hear that music? It's right on time. It's on schedule. Ah, I wish the Browns were. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to get better. They're going to do better. They're going to do better. I hope. But anyway, if you are a football fan and you aren't watching the TV on Monday, January the 3rd at 830, what is wrong with you? Because this is going to be a good game. Browns at the Steelers. The site of the crime. Oh, yeah. Last year we went in there and what did we do? We took it. Let's do it again. Just a little muscle memory. That's all I need, boys. Remember what it felt like? Do it again. In the meantime, the in-between time, and until it's that time, what time's that? Time for me, Jeff, and hopefully Hugh will be back off the COVID list by then, right? Yeah, Talk about the Browns' victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field on a Monday night to start a new year of dominance in the playoffs. Sound good to you? Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I hope it's so. I hope it's so. <laughs> I need I need a little Jean-Luc Picard now. Make it so. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, guys. So, until then, this is Paul and Jeff, and for Hugh in absentia, for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying, we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.